This is episode number 330, How to Shift Your Perspective, with Travis Lochner. Welcome. My name is Oleg Lohid, and this is the Overcoming Outs podcast, where you get a glimpse into the stories of individuals who've overcome adversity, suffering, and struggle in achieving their personal success. This podcast was built by you and for you to help you overcome adversity, suffering, and struggle in achieving your false potential. Before we get into today's episode, I would like to make a few quick announcements. The first announcement is an invitation to all of our listeners to our upcoming three-day experience in Austin, Texas on October 7th called Survive to Thrive, Face Your Fears. What this is, if this is your first time hearing about it, is a three-day experience where you'll get a chance to hear stories from speakers from all over the world as well as be a part of breakout sessions that are intended to help you identify your fears and ways to transform them into strengths. If you'd like to know more details regarding this upcoming experience, please visit our website at overcomingodds.today where you'll be able to find the latest details. The second announcement that I wanted to make is in regard to our show, and that is if our show has had any form of impact in your life, please consider supporting our cause by either making a contribution through our website at overcomingodds.today or leaving us a review on iTunes, Facebook, or Google so more people can find these inspiring and courageous conversations. Now, let's get back to the show. Something that I realized when I first came across your work, so first, your transparency in regard to your journey. The second part that I realized that I was able to connect to as well, and I don't know if you experienced this or not, but I just assumed you might experience it. And that's because you put yourself out there to a such a large audience. You're probably not everyone's cup of tea, as I call it. For some people, I'm going to be their coffee. It's just inevitable. Yeah. <laughs> and like, once I realized and I that- I coffee. <laughs> <laughs> once I realized that component that I truly can't be everything to everyone, my life, in a way it simplified, it became easier. So before we even get into this, I just want to applaud you for that, for standing your truth and being who you are. Like I told you before, like I, the whole background, this is unique, never seen anything like it, but it's awesome. It really is because it, it and I hope you get a chance to share this as well. I feel like it is a true representation of who you are and what you stand for. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's uh, a nice little way to splash your, your personality into the mix um, without it being like in the spotlight. So it's mm-hmm. been a nice little subtle, de- subtle details and yeah, quite the journey uh, along the way. <laughs> Would you say that this is your dream? Are you living your dream? Uh, we're getting there. I'm building my dream. Mm-hmm. What's the difference between the two? Living and building it. Uh, the fin- where I guess where the finish line is at. <laughs> in in this context, um, but in in uh, many cases, uh, I think just a few key signals. Um, are you? magnetically attracted towards the actions or the goals that you have. Uh, 
that's a key piece when you're feeling pool like towards something versus uh, a lot of other in other situations the opposite signal is when you feel like you're being pushed into something or like i have to get to work today and get and get in you're like pushing through the day just to get through to like five o'clock so having those signals of being pulled towards work uh is there and then the building it portion is the impact or the results of that work uh i want to be at a a higher scale but as far mm -hmm. as the trajectory and the lane it most definitely does feel like i'm i'm finally in my lane now so lots of gratitude in in that sense was that ever a fear of yours not being able to live your dream or even get a bit of it because i know for many people that i've spoken to it is a fear of theirs and for some and probably many of us right we have dreams that are significantly bigger than we are or than the present moment and so just grasping the concept that yes it's possible to achieve those things did you ever experience that as a fear and if so was it a great fear something that you didn't even think you could achieve and if so are you like yeah. you mentioned you're building now right now are you able to hit elements of it right now yes yeah, so i have been on both ends of the spectrum i've <laughs> been on uh the super early i was very grateful to uh, i just had a, a magnetic pool towards music and sort of the, the artist's uh concept of being an artist was fascinating to me so i learned music i learned technology i learned all the production and everything like in like middle school high school uh and i was able to see firsthand those moments of from seed an idea seed of like seeing people on myspace like oh damn that would be cool like if you could do that mm. and then getting there and building one more brick one more brick one more brick all the way to the point of re releasing an album in by the time i had I'd even graduated high school and put together the whole album produced by myself my own vocals my own music everything and the end of that moment was revelational uh, in that context of being recognizing everything that we see around us, whether it's music or building or, or anything abstract. Like it started as a little seed mm -hmm. of an idea at one point, and somebody had to work and then throw more work and more work at it until it came to life. So there was the positive side of that happening of seeing the capability of idea to reality mm -hmm. and then i was also able to experience the negative side of it where you're consumed by this dream or this vision or yeah. this goal um and for me i've done it twice now i've done it uh growing up wanted to be a, a pro hockey player uh <laughs> very extremely difficult uh irrational uh goal or dream that can deter you from perhaps more rational um decision making um so i've been on both ends of of uh in music and hockey of of having that pursuit for something more noble is great but you can't attach your identity or your worth mm. to the results of that process so now uh, I'm finding my middle ground here in the in the middle of the spectrum 
of find those things you're passionate and you want to work about, but don't be attached to the results of it. Find how you can enjoy the process, enjoy the journey of it, and not uh, there, the finish line that you're imagining in your head, um, because that's the disconnect where a lot of people uh, start having like identity issues or like whatever. If I identified as a hockey player forever uh, for 20 years straight, and then suddenly it's no longer there. Mm-hmm. Now, what are you at once you're at the end of the line there? And that's the piece um, that feels so uh, crucial to me to, to, to think of both ends in balance uh, and find that middle ground, because uh, that's where the sweet spot is. How do you understand the, the concept that you just described? Because to me, I just find it fascinating. So first things first, kind of somewhat identifying with your story of pro hockey player. I've always wanted to be pro basketball player. I've always pictured myself in the NBA ever since I was a kid. I remember playing in the backyard and I would literally create these scenarios saying, okay, three seconds on the shot clock. And I would even wear the jersey of one of my favorite players, Chauncey Billups at the time. And let's say three, (laughs) two, one, and make the shot. And, you know, sometimes I make it and sometimes I miss. But it was that visualization that was just so strong that it put me in a position of thinking that I could actually do it. But then you bring up a really interesting point regarding the whole concept of rational and irrational. And so my question is, A, how do you use that framework to identify whether whether one goal is one thing and not the other? And what even led to that understanding? Because that's a very unique perspective that you have. And I bet anyone that's going to be listening to this can probably relate. Yeah. We, we've all wanted to be something or still want to be one of those things, but the path that you have to take and the effort and all these things required and natural ability, because that's the other yep. thing, right? When it comes to sports, natural ability, my experience has taught me it's you either have it or you don't. There's yep. really no, no amount you can train to get whatever that gift you were born with. Yep. Yeah, it's a it's a multi-factor equation. So I guess the the primary piece uh, is definitely a level of self awareness. Mm-hmm. Um, so recognizing uh, capability in general uh, that's a huge that's essentially a limiting threshold. So imagining it as like a ratio, natural capability or like finding your lane is going to get you 80% there. Um, I very much think this in an athletic context, um, in a creative context. Uh, It's much less about forcing a single lane to fit. You can love basketball. You just might not be a center. Like, (laughs) um, maybe you're, maybe you're, um, I become a data and analytics like based coach that supports your your favorite team um and combining personal interests with professional goals or professional abilities is where the sweet spot is so Mm. uh it's not always going to be the 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 sexiest most glamorous role but you can find ways to blend those worlds um in a useful and creative way so first piece is self-awareness there's going to be some 
level of is this my lane if not you have to experiment or try something else or change something in that to start discovering it so when you are in alignment with your lane and with your long-term goals you now can at least invest more time more energy into this knowing that it's at least moving towards something uh mutually beneficial so mm. uh i i've started thinking of this much more in like the creator or creative context um lately that's more where my mindset has been shifting um but the same thing applies in sports or any other avenue uh at some point you have to recognize what your threshold is and what your lane is and if it's not appropriate then you're going to have to calibrate and shift and be willing to make those hard decisions mm. one thing that i realized that's really interesting that you even mentioned is the whole concept of finding your lane and i'm curious if you've experienced this as well when i was first kind of not necessarily taking a step down, but more so trying to understand, okay, how do I combine the elements of basketball that I enjoy, even though I might not have a, not a realistic plan, but have a plan in place to become an NBA player at 29 years old. It's all possible. I've seen it done, but at the same time, as you mentioned, like there's only certain things that I have as far as the abilities go. And I'm wondering when you had come to the conclusion that you might not be able to become one of those things that you wanted to become, such as the pro hockey player, did you ever feel like you were falling short of your initial goal? Then did you begin to experience signs of failure? Oh, I can't do this. I can't do like, how did you, how did you come to acceptance of the fact that, okay, I may not be able to become that particular individual but there are elements of that journey that can i can still incorporate into my everyday life yes i have had it uh essentially for me it was heavily identity based mm. um very much with with hockey uh and then again with music pursuing music as like a high level artist is very un unrealistic <laughs> um in in most cases but there was a pool towards it. And what I discovered was that was where the attachment to results or attachment to the final product was what really had to be severed uh, because that's where people attach that success. Um, to me, it, in hockey, it was always a status of what team you're on or what league you're in. Um, and you always want to be kind of leveling up, getting in a slightly better league yeah. and get a little better. And uh, that was where your identity was. And it was never about, in hindsight, it should have been much more about what I, my habits were. I wake up mm -hmm. and go to the gym and, and work out and then go to the rink and it's not because of that, that status, it's because of my identity, that's who I, I am. So the, for me, when all of that was stripped away, it lost this, to me at the moment, it felt like your core, your identity of like, who, okay, who am I? What am I mm -hmm. doing here then? Um, and that's the biggest piece that if it was at least, I guess, tamed from the start, um, might have been a, a little more better uh, approach. But for me, that became uh, 
the almost like the big reset button, big old reset, recalibrate um, type of thing. And it started becoming a journey of self-discovery rather mm -hmm. than just assuming this one lane uh, the same way you have to work on anything else physical um, when it comes to like mental or personal development, you have mm. to invest the work and energy. And that was when I started listening to more podcasts, started dabbling in entrepreneurship and side hustles, e-commerce, digital marketing. And that's where you start to collate uh, more of these skills and these pieces and habits mm -hmm. that become your identity and not a status. So in any context, whether it's your professional career, uh, in a real like businessy context, or the most dream job, dream role, uh, you can't attach your identity to that status. Even if you're the best quarterback in the world, Tom Brady, mm. uh, he's gonna. If his identity was attached to that sole thing, that's how these players go into retirement, and then they don't know what to do what with to their do life for the yeah. next 40 years because um, they're so deep into that. So whatever you can do to sort of create a new a new creek or a new waterway or new pathway um, that isn't attached to status-based identity um, will really help you build yourself more in a foundational way versus a very much like a journey and destination type of way. I think we're conditioned to see that like mm. in movies and in storylines, there's always this start, problem, resolution, finish line, boom. And like, we're just wired to work that way. And so, so not how our world works um, at all in, in reality. Um, it's this iter iterative process. It's not super sexy. It's it's continuous work on yourself and continually being aware of what that's doing in your life. That would actually be an interesting film. If someone were to yeah. actually document someone's life, let's say over a course of a year and actually document every single moment throughout that day, I'd be curious to see how drastically different it would be from some of the other films that we see that do have that final outcome, which in most times, it is a happy ending, but the reality, yeah. it's not always the case, right? Sometimes yeah. you pursue something for so long and then it just literally doesn't work out for a variety of reasons. I, I've also realized this, and I don't know if you experienced this, but this whole concept of having had the positive mental attitude towards life in general, it's a blessing and a curse. It's yeah. a blessing because I'm able to reframe a lot of these circumstances and, and learn from them. The curse is that I don't choose to sit with the negative, the times that it didn't work out long enough yep. because I'm constantly switching to the mode. Okay, what's the lesson learned? What did it teach me? What did it help me see differently? When the reality, reality of the matter is maybe that wasn't the outcome. Maybe I wasn't able, maybe I wasn't meant to experience X, Y, and Z. And I wonder how much of that conditioning is due to the world around me in seeing a film mm. that has beginning, middle, and end, and 99% of the time, the ending is a happy ending. It's a good ending. I literally can't name you a single film where the bad character wins. <laughs> I feel like that'll be completely counterintuitive to how we view yeah. life 
or how maybe we want to view life? It's, uh, yeah, I've lived on the hyper optimistic end of this spectrum. <laughs> so uh, we might just be dabbling uh, into the uh, <laughs> uh, positive unknown here. But I've, I think of it in the context of pain and and pleasure. Mm. Um, in in biology, uh, we were given pain and and pleasure as as signals. Do do you should probably do more of this. You should avoid doing mm. <laughs> doing more of that. Um, that's that's where I think uh, we need to consider that sort of positivity negativity. Is you can't just pursue only one you have to know what to avoid uh so those negative moments maybe this is me again finding optimism or the lesson among it but to, to me it's it's a calibration of of narrowing your focus to again the right lane um mm. when you hit those pain points or those resistance points it doesn't have to be literal like physical pain um you can sense something is wrong or something's off, or it just doesn't feel right. And those signals, I believe those signals are there for a reason, um, mm -hmm. whether it's the, the universe or it's God or any type of creator in between, there's some reason we're feeling those signals and that information. So to me, it's a, uh, finding a balance of optimism and negativity or criticism uh, to slowly carve out your lane. And you can't do it with just one. You can find a hundred things that you hate and mm -hmm. you want to avoid, but that won't mean you find the one thing you love. And then the opposite. I think in order to truly confirm this is your lane, or I finally found like, this is really what I love. You have to have those other experiences of, of manual labor or like waiting and serving, like for me, like my world, so not compatible with my personality. <laughs> like I do not want to approach people. I feel invasive. Uh, I'm fairly clumsy. <laughs> I just drop <laughs> stuff. Like just, I have to recognize it's not my lane, but in that experience, it gives me more confidence when I go into something digital or abstract. I'm like, this is way more my lane. I don't do well with physical and social like stuff. Mm. Uh, whereas if I only ever tried digital marketing and entrepreneurship, there's this lingering uh, doubt or lack of confidence in that lane. Mm. Um, so I think hitting that full spectrum and just narrowing your focus to confirm this is what you're here for. Um, you have to have both ends, both of those uh, informational pieces to narrow the gap appropriately. So do you believe in having a larger why for your dreams then? Uh, I think a lot of people uh, heavily are condi conditioned by their upbringing or their family's mm -hmm. why. I think what what is more important that I've seen is ensuring when you're starting that conversation of, of self-discovery that you 
are the primary influence. And uh, even in most cases, even when people are consciously saying, uh, this is what I want, Mm-hmm. If you dig one level deeper, there's it's still a seed planted in it from usually their their parents or their siblings or their their social kind of cultural upbringing. Um, and that was really uh, a key piece, I think, in recognizing we do have this why, like this bigger mission that we all have. But we also have to sort of chop away and prune at the other people's version mm. of, of why you think they ex- you exist in their world or their goals. So to me, uh, it is extremely powerful, um, but not necessary. I think it is fair at some levels in life that you just have to just try and dabble something, dabble in something. I've worked in, in nonprofit uh, sector, like coming out of college, not super sexy. I wasn't like passionately driven. Like I'm going to go change. Like it felt like I was doing something positive, but like, it wasn't like, this is what I'm here for. Um, And sometimes you have to go through months or years of that uh, just to get again, more of that data, more of those experiences to find what your lane is. And now when it does click and you have your why, and it starts to feel like a like a see I, I see the light now <laughs> like mm-hmm. type of moment. Um, you want to bring other people to it and and share it with the world, and it gives you a a different type of fuel uh, compared to um, I just have to move forward. Maybe this is more of that magnetic uh, presence I was mentioning earlier. Mm-hmm. Some, when it's pulling you towards it, that's when you're starting to find your why. And in that context, I think for the long game, it is definitely valuable, sustainable to pursue it in the long run. Um, but there are going to be months or even years where it just doesn't feel like it's there. And yeah. and the best advice I can give is just to keep keep adding more data to to the experiment. Mm. Try something a little bit different. Don't just slug through your life five more years doing the exact same thing. Change what you do on the weekends. Uh, Try working up and starting a new hobby before you go to work or Mm. just little tiny details. And then one of those pieces might click and start calibrating you a different direction. Um, so in general, yes, the why is very powerful. It gives you sustainable long-term fuel and motivation, but there are going to be moments where it doesn't feel like it's there. Yeah. You know, one thing that I've learned in, in regard to this, and I'm really glad that you brought this up is two things. First is I think that there is a overemphasis on finding the why. And you got to do it now. And if you haven't found it, therefore, there's something wrong with you. And I don't know if that's cultural or universal, but I realized that to be true. And the second part yeah. is that I've realized through my own journey, I think it could also be a limitation from time to time. I mean, think about it. Like we're talking about the whole concept of dreaming and actually having those dreams turn into reality from time to time. I feel, if anything, if I'm going to... Def- tell myself this is all I could be and this is all I could become based on my why, then 
is it possible that I'm not going to experience any other dreams or I'm going to be so singular focused that all, all I'm going to see is between these two lines and not things that are outside of it, which oftentimes, and I don't know if this is one of the things that helped you kind of stumble upon the career that you have now, but it is what I found. It's the random moments sometimes that actually lead you in the right direction. It's the random yeah. conversation at a coffee shop where the person has no clue who I am. And yet he turns around and says, you know what? I really like X, Y, and Z, or I like how you're doing this. And all of a sudden I'm sitting there for the next half hour thinking, damn, that guy is right. Like I just, and he has no clue who I am yeah. and turns yeah. out to give me some of the best piece of advice without even me asking him for the advice. Wow. I think a lot of it, of, of course, there's no, yeah, like binary answers, right? Right yeah. and wrong. Uh, I think the why, when it is in alignment, it starts creating more of those moments, those natural moments. So if you do have this singular focus of here's what we're working towards, um, those moments of serendipity uh, start to be more prevalent. Uh, and maybe it's just, yeah, mental conditioning, that's what you're looking for is these type of opportunities. But in in my world, once, once that signal is set and there's some type of a, a destination in the GPS or that mm. why, um, that in my world was when some of those signal more of those signals seem to start unfolding those coffee shop moments mm -hmm. um, um whereas if if you were just uh in an un misdirected mode and just like working on like your career and didn't have like a passionate why um so a lot of those interactions those moments might not arise whereas when i say hey we're building a influencer island of content creators streamers podcasters uh and we're throwing them all together like in a university model and i'm not stopping until it's built now when i'm at the coffee shop there's a, a, a buddy that's uh his his cousin is joe rogan's yes. uh assistant or something and he's like yo i i know i heard you were setting up that podcast thing I think I might be able to get you hooked up with with Rogan. He might be able to come through next month. Like when you're in singular focus, a lot of those moments start falling your way. Uh, so that might be more of the value I see in more of a practical, literal way of creating more uh, networking and more energy and focus around that goal um, that might not be there without the why. But I do still agree with with your initial thought that it mm -hmm. can't just be locked. You can never confirm it's a permanent status and locked in. So I mm -hmm. think uh, have that why, have that focal point at least to keep things moving and give like a center to the conversation and all the energy and like relationships you're producing, but never get to the point where it, you say it's locked in. You can have this why, have this focus, but think of it very seasonally. Um, it's it's going to shift and change. And then maybe in five years, 
uh, it's much more of a university model um, that I've built instead of like a retreat or like resort. Um, but it's still there. You need that focus to pull you forward, but it's never going to be permanently set in stone. Mm. Are you building an island of creators? That's where we're heading. <laughs> um, that is uh, the trajectory. Um, so I think in the theme um, of of what kind of set the tone of this conversation, we had mentioned like, what is your greatest mm -hmm. fear? Um, mm -hmm. And it's one that not only applies to myself and my own life, but to the world and people around me. And the biggest tragedy i see in the world today is when people die with their ideas and their dreams and everything that they could have done still with them uh and it just trips me out to think of how different the world would be or could be if all of those ideas and dreams were realized whether they were small business ideas to like innovative technology like products like there are so many of those that have just gone to the grave with brilliant mm -hmm. brilliant talented creative people and we've been conditioned in our world that so much of that is either suppressed and caged or it's abused and just plugged into a corp supporting a a corporate entity or empire of some sort <laughs> um so to me uh, my biggest mission is knocking over any hurdle that exists between idea and reality, whether it's mm. technology, education, skills, uh, gear, studios, like any excuse that people have after they have an idea and they want to bring it to life. Mm -hmm. That's what we're focusing on knocking, uh, knocking over all of those pieces. Um, so that's what's on the literal level is building foundation for resources, upskilling, et cetera. Uh, and then what we've discovered personally is sharing the journey is a huge, huge piece of the puzzle. Yes. Um, it's very lonely to be an entrepreneur, a creator, mm. an artist, um, despite it being a way to connect with people and connect with the world. It's often very isolating and has the opposite effect. So uh, that's the community we've been building is a community of creators to thrive. Uh, and right now it's in the digital context. Um, and we are in trajectory to build out uh, essentially a university model um, or an, an island if it needs to be, or a ranch, or if it can be wherever geographically, um, but a physical location for creators to thrive of any kind. Um, and that's the, the type of energy and community and vibe I want to build is where Creativity is just relentless in everybody's habits and personality and like socially and culturally. And uh, it's not in the, the starving artist type of context. We're plugging it into degree paths that actually pay, plugging mm -hmm. it into direct content and influencer partnerships that pay. Um, and that's my my mission is to be able to connect those worlds of of art and business and and help both of them thrive. 
isn't it interesting how as creators, not maybe not all of us, but some of us, we experience this dilemma of putting the content out there to connect and yet simultaneously feeling loneliness. That to me has always been mind blowing. I can never fully understand like, how is that even possible? Like here I am creating yeah. all these opportunities to connect with all, all these other individuals that I may or may never meet in person, right? And yep. at the same time, experience the deepest levels of loneliness, disconnect, isolation, never fully understood why or how that happens to begin with. Yep. I, I don't think we ever will. Um, a large portion, such a large portion of this um, is personality, uh, mm. social, social conditioning, cultural levels. Um, and even your your success. So part of that used to be more of my theory of, well, that's just because I'm at like an amateur level. Um, but if I was at this level, then I would be recognized and loved and appreciated. And we see it even at, at the highest level, some of the most brilliant creators. Um, Ch uh, Chester Bennington from Lincoln Park absolutely hands down like a top 10 like musical artist creator won any awards you can get sold out arena tours like any metric that you want to measure it's checked off on the list but mm -hmm. he still had this level of 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 deep loneliness and connection even at the highest level of success and and artistry and that's the the daunting piece of of this whole equation and the the silver lining to me is at least those people that share and create mm. that music and create that art or create that podcast they at least left their stamp here on this world and there's an impact that moves on beyond when they're not here and that's the stuff we don't see. That's the stuff we don't highlight. But to me, that at least gives us a dash of confidence knowing that at the, at the end of this, this life or at the end of this world, you can have that moment of you put it all out there. Mm. You don't have any of that regret of like, what if I just tried one more thing? What if I actually did that? Uh, book idea I had thought about all through my 20s and 30s and 40s mm -hmm. <laughs> and that's that to me is the moment of you can't you can't have one without the other but to mm -hmm. me at least going through that pain that suffering that loneliness and then throwing it into content or art of some sort other people can hear that message or absorb it another way even if it's just your your daughter listening to it 50 years later or thousands of people listening to it hundreds of years later that to me is the only thing we can control is our mm -hmm. actions our perspective um and we're not gonna i don't think at least maybe this is my personal opinion i don't think we'll ever truly find that connection of like it to me it's almost a that's what artists that's what creates a good artist is this drive for mm. like connection and doing a little bit more. Um, and it's almost like almost torturous of kind of a carrot, like a carrot dangling in front of the horse type of situation of like, are they ever actually going to get it? Um, 
maybe not, probably not. Um, but for those that are there to enjoy the journey and keep it keep it moving, I'd rather at least uh, have that avenue of creation than to skip it entirely. Mm -hmm. Before we get into kind of how people can connect with you and what do you have coming up and where people can find this information on the, on the island, most importantly, I'm really curious, and I know I asked, I commented on the figures in the background. Can you explain the meaning behind them? Is is the top one? Is that a hockey player? I see. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah, so this were this was a random uh, last minute interior design project that suddenly became like a signature element of all of my my content and and shows. Um, so the irony here is. Mm -hmm. I am actually way more of a Lord of the Rings guy <laughs> uh, than a Star Wars guy, but I do love, uh, yeah, love world building in general. So um, mm. any fantasy level like world building to me is just fascinating conceptually. Um, so Star Wars world uh, has been a huge piece of of my life, uh, and this little stormtrooper mask here. <laughs> Uh, used to be something that I would wear uh, going to like music festivals or raves or whatever and wanting to just uh, just get wild, like go crazy. But like I didn't want my identity <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, out there in like a, in Denver when I with everybody I was working with. So it was like an old chapter of the the rave trooper um, that I kind of put put on the shelf, like literally. Um, and then ironically, it becomes kind of a signature element of, of some of our, all of my content. Uh, we run a digital LinkedIn nightclub um, mm. that, uh, that becomes kind of a, a little signature piece of, of it. Um, so that was just a tiny snippet of personality that I've been able to integrate into my content. Uh, and then the same with the, the books. Um, that was an easy way to kind of share some meaningful and impactful stories uh and uh lessons that have have shifted my world so um lean startup absolute classic um mm -hmm. whole new way of of thinking how to generate business and revenue and cash flow lifestyle um er Eric then, Lees, right yep yep uh so that that one i had to throw in the mix uh and then range was another brilliant book that helped me personally break the mentality of a jack of all trades is a master of none. Uh, I had always heard mm. this this phrase and and kind of used it as a crippling thing of well like oh I used to do hockey and then like now and then I stopped and then I started doing music production and engineering and then I stopped and then I started doing tech and like IT stuff and then I stopped. So it felt to me, when I'm in that jack of all trades, master of none mentality, it's almost like you're hitting the reset button, like yeah. every time you try something new. What range goes through, it goes through a, a whole slew of people that are like the best in the world at something. And you assume, you would assume the people that are the best in the world just singularly focus on this and 
only this, like a Kobe Bryant type. Like this is all he focused on and and this is all he lives, eats, breathes. And what they've discovered is that'll get you to 80 or 90% like capability, but to truly, truly maximize your range and your full potential, the -hmm. people that are the best in the world are the ones that can get to that 80, 90%. And then they use what they've learned from other industries or Mm. other skills or other experiences and apply it to whatever their thing is. And that's how they become the best. So not that that singular lane, using everything you've used. Uh, and for me, it became, okay, so now everything uh, I learned about audio engineering and vocal compression and noise removal, all this stuff in music is now becoming an asset in the context mm-hmm. of media and video and podcast production. Uh, and there's just dozens of those tiny little moments where it feels irrelevant in one context, but when you shift the lens and broaden what that uh, capability is, uh, it really zeroes in on how valuable you can be. So that was a huge focus point. And then the bobble player, the hockey player up top is uh, Joe Sackick, uh, childhood era hero of mine um and uh yeah it's a nice little snippet of uh personality that just dash into everything i do all of my content um and now it's become like a little signature (laughs) piece Hmm. of everything so uh yeah an unofficial lesson or advice there is uh throw some some personality into your your backdrop (laughs) or Mm. your content um and these have started so many conversations, um, just simple, simple, very human level, relatable type conversations. Um, so yeah, heavily was not in by design at first, <laughs> but uh, it, it has definitely worked to my advantage. Uh, Became a part of you. Yeah. I really like what you said in regard to the whole concept of singular thinking versus possibility based thinking. And I was actually reflecting upon it this morning. And one thing that I'm genuinely curious in now is what role does curiosity play in helping one work through the hardships and challenges and ultimately adversity in their lives. And this morning I was thinking about the whole concept of singular and possibility. And I think that's exactly, it ties into what you said, but it also ties into how we even started this conversation, yeah. right? Having a singular dream and thinking that it has to happen this way. There can't be any other way. When the reality of the matter is, it's always a combination of the time that I rode my bike on the street and fell down and then boom, a lesson or something made sense in a way that it yep. never did. All of those moments and I'm, I'm just realizing how crucial it is for me because I can only speak for myself to be open to the fact that a lesson can come from anywhere at 100%. any given moment. Yep. Per, yeah, personal, uh, personal relationships, uh, freaking nature, animals, yeah. uh, like little moments of that. Like there, there's, yeah, I'm, I'm hi- hyper analytical and like very metaphorical. So I see all of the lessons everywhere, <laughs> um, from, from pop culture references. Uh, that's been like a huge, um, win in my world uh, just even as a content strategy uh, mm. being able to mix uh 
personal interests with professional goals. So what one of my most successful content series um, is a uh, setup of business lessons learned from a pop culture subject. So a movie, song, You excel at uh, those, by music. the way. Whenever <laughs> I see those, yeah. the multiple slides based on the movies that you, I, I literally, and then, I also really, not to interrupt you, but I really enjoy how you do, you take an actual scene from the movie and then you break it down as far as the actual scene in reality. I think that is such a genius way to connect the pieces because I do agree with you. I think there are huge metaphor metaphors shared in a lot of the yeah. films. Yep, no, and it's just a matter, it's just a slight matter of like shifting the lens. You can mm. watch the exact same thing. Um, and maybe it's just, yeah, the uh, the curse of, of over-analysis, but that's just what <laughs> I see when, when I'm going over a movie or uh, uh, a TV show. Uh, we did it for music festivals, like music production type of strategies, mm. is just how can you shift this lens just a little bit um, and change the perspective? Um, and in this context, it was the easiest double dip I could <laughs> create um, where I could share snippets of personality from, from hockey or Lord of the Rings. Uh, but it's also practical business lessons and business mm -hmm. advice. And when you're hitting both of those uh, at the same time, uh, not only are you building, you're creating value, the, the, overarching command of content create value mm. um and you're attracting the right type of people like-minded people that are interested in the same thing the same sports the same movies etc uh and for me that was a game changer to be able to attract the right people um find those lessons and then just reinterpret them just a little bit and put it in the right context and then boom mm. that content strategy is virtually bottomless because <laughs> mm. it could apply to anything any yep. any given circumstance in life yep no it's uh super practical so i think uh a lot of uh what we're talking about today is really about shifting your own your own perspective or your own interpretation of of going through this crazy world um mm -hmm. rather than uh i think a lot a lot of people have a very uh this is how the world is and i'm just a piece i'm just a piece mm -hmm. in it versus mm -hmm. the world is happening and how i react and how i shape uh, my thoughts and 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 behaviors is much more the the more accurate assumption I, I think people should start leaning towards. And we start to recognize we have way more control over everything in our world than we, oh, than yes. we really think we do. Where can people find out more about who you are? Where can people find out a lot of these lessons from movies and all these other things that you choose to reflect upon? Of course, man. Uh, linked in is my home base at the moment um just been absolutely life-changing for my world so i'm sharing the journey there uh would love to connect with anybody open-ended uh travis lochner l-a-c-h-n-e-r um send me a connection let me know what you're up to would love to sync up with anybody uh 
that's curious to share the journey. Mm. Travis, I want to appreciate you for this. Like I told you earlier, I've, I've followed your journey for a while and just how you're able to share the things that you learned, but also what are the things that you choose to share? Both, I think, are equally important. And to me, they've been impactful. The first time I came across the slides of breaking down one of the films, I was just like, okay, A, I've watched it, but B, I've never seen it through this perspective before. But it's so true. So many of the things can truly be seen as a metaphor, as you and I already previously said. And even in this case, right, we started with one subject, and I think there's still an overlying, overarching theme as far as shifting your perspective to fulfill your dreams, whatever those dreams might have been it's still possible regardless of where you are in that journey. And so I just, I want to thank you for everything that you've done and everything that you shared today. Thanks, man. It's, uh, it's been quite the journey so far. And yeah, the gratitude is mutual. Uh, super grateful. We've, we've crossed paths um, and grateful for your, your presence and support all along the way, man. Thank you all for listening to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. If you haven't done so already, please consider subscribing to our future episodes so you can receive all of the latest content. Also, if you like what you heard, consider leaving us a review on iTunes, Facebook, or Google so more people can find these inspiring and courageous conversations. Once again, we thank you for listening and we'll look forward to having you next time.